darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood. To terrorize y'all's neighborhood. You know, every time, every time you do something really loud into the microphone, the recording software, for whatever reason, tends to just completely cut it out. So we'll see if that actually makes it into the recording. What's up, guys and gals? <laughs> this might be where the recording starts. We're not sure, but welcome to the What Makes Us Human podcast. We're glad that you joined us for episode 70-something. Uh <laughs> And if you reference your phone, if you're not driving, it'll tell you what episode this is. is but this is, but we're really glad that you joined us today. I'm gonna guess seventy seven. Oh, I thought it was four. Seventy six is probably right. Let's see who's right. Ladies are smart. Thank you. Seventy five. Oh, God. <laughs> well, well <laughs> welcome to episode seventy five. Right here is JL. Right over there is H H. Hannah. Hannah. And right here is Jr. My middle name is not Hannah. I know about doing the Hannah backwards and forwards. Ah, ah, the what's that palindrome? Yes, yeah, like race car and taco hey, cat. Right, heads up or what? Heads up. <laughs> Props for knowing palindrome. <laughs> what's up, Jr.? I'm doing all right. I'm a little tired this evening. <laughs> I drove y'all nuts. You so I got here up. without the soundboard today, folks, or without the wires. So my dear wife, KK. Drove the uh, wires to us and gave me a nice look through the glass as she pulled up. But she's the sweetheart. Hannah, how are you? I am also tired. It's been a long, long week. It was spirit week at school this past week. So oh, Those always go. Nice segue into what one, we're talking about. Today. One week ends up feeling like two. Yeah. And we had a homecoming Friday night. Oh. And we won. Both of our teams won. Uh, volleyball and soccer one. Nice. So go Lions. Yay. Well, good. Well, I held us up, so we're going to jump right in. All right. All right. So tonight, today, whatever it is, uh, we are talking about Samhain or Halloween mm -hmm. and the origins of Halloween. And I've been knee deep in this Samhain. It's written kind of like Sam Hain. Mm -hmm. So I want to write it one way and pronounce it the wrong way and vice versa. My mind is all completely curved, pluffled because I've been knee deep in Gaelic and Irish for a week now. Where phonetically, it's words, a nightmare. It's a phonetic nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. You spell and X H J probably or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so at least it's not Welsh. But uh, really stoked, and we're doing this, folks, because um, this is pretty much it, and, and then we're in our October podcast. Yes. Yes. So we're going to be uh, talking about all things spooky, spooky um, for the next month, hopefully. Okay. So, uh, yes, yeah, so we're very excited about that. All right, so buckle up. You ready? The veil between two worlds is about to get real see-through. All right, so... The origins of Halloween are really hard to explain. This is kind of like saying somebody was sitting down next to you on a park bench and being like, you ever seen Lord of the Rings? And I might say, yeah. And then they say, what role does Gandalf play in that? And I'd be like, oh my gosh, have you got seven hours? You know, <laughs> I got to lay out an entire worldview for even to say that, what role Gandalf plays in that. Um, so here we go. 
Sawin, it's spelled like S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it's called Sawin, is a time period in Irish lore okay. um, where you go from the light half of the year to the dark half of the year. So um, the veil between the worlds is thin. And I know it's like, well, why? And we'll get into all that. So it's one of four holidays. You can't really just talk about it on its own. You can, but you don't really do the culture justice, and then you don't really know what you're talking about. Um, all right, so it's one of four holidays. The first holiday is called Imbolc. Okay. Uh, you ever heard of Candle Mass? Uh, yes. yes. Okay, it's Imbolc is Candle Mass. Um, and see, in this, you run in... If I ever say the devil or say, Satan then um, we have reached the time when Christians are bumping into pagans. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. Okay. And all right. But if I don't, if I say another name like Don, D-O-N-N-H, um, then that's the devil kind of before the Christian influence. Yeah. Sure. The Catholic Church like to kind of take existing traditions and ho religious holidays and things. Just and melt them into. Tweak them a little bit. Yeah. 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 So you've got in bulk, which is candle mass. Um, you have got Beltane. You've heard of May Day yes. in England? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Be Beltane is pretty much May Day. Mm -hmm. You've got um, Luasa. It's spelled Lugnasa, but it's Luasa. Um, that's loaf mass. <laughs> it sounds kind of funny, but okay. that's loaf mass. And then you've got Sawan, which is pretty much the new year. Not mm -hmm. pretty much. That is your new year. Um, and Sawan is three days, you know, All Hallows' Eve, All Hallows' Day, and then All Souls' Day. So it's a big time celebration. So in order to fully understand what we're talking about here, and culturally, culturally what we're talking about is um, the world staying in order and not being thrown into chaos. Okay. From a farmer's angle. All right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Makes sense because the majority of your Celtic peoples are going to be self-sufficient farmers. Yep. And so you've got, and if you look at, at a farmer's life from a seventh century angle a fifth century BC or BCE for you pagans out there, uh, angle, then you have to realize that they've got a lot of stuff they don't understand. And, You've got an underworld and on top of world, the regular world, the underworld. Then you've got the astral world, the world above us. A Middle Earth, if you will. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's why it's called Middle Earth. Uh, it's in between the two planes. And, and then you've got, well, how do you make it? How do you make it in between those areas? Um, is there a time when the veil is thinner between those areas? And that would be Sawin. Um, and how does all this affect our ability to sit down, even when it's snowing outside and the creek out back is hard as a rock because it's frozen and still have plenty to eat? Okay. Yeah. And how does all that affect our ability to, to thrive and or survive? And so when I came, I had this epiphany today, <laughs> the Christian influence there. I had this epiphany <laughs> today that... Um, that all this revolves around the fact that once the leaves begin to fall, um, the whole, all these, all these festivals 
are based around the fact that once the leaves start to fall off the tree and the grass turns turns brown and the the green woods become brown and the creek freezes you end up you no matter how prepared you are you start moving from thriving to surviving mm-hmm. and that's a big issue and it happens every year and you got to be able to do it if you're going to see um the next in bulk and on the next year sure you know all right, so let's talk about in bulk real quick. In bulk means in the belly, literally in quotations. I got that written down. It means in the belly. It's when sheep start to lactate. Okay. Um, grass starts to grow. So you have the reverse of Samhain going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first of the four holidays. It takes place in between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. And you can stop and look on your phone, dear listener, and uh, look at if you're not familiar with the solstice and then the equinox and uh, the equator and all that stuff. But in bulk takes place in between the winter solstice and the spring equinox, somewhere between February 2nd and February 7th. And it's when sheep start lactating and the grass starts to grow. Sheep farming is important. It's very important. Especially in those areas. That's what I meant. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You didn't specify. The second is Beltane. Beltane takes place between the spring equinox and the summer solstice. We're moving on through the year now. So we've gone from the spring equinox and we're moving towards the summer solstice and it's right in the middle. You have Beltane. This is when you move your flocks to summer pastures. Um, All right. Now, y'all probably like this. This is when you have the purification rites where you move your cattle between two bonfires and you have your young boys and your young girls and your men and women jumping through fires or running across fires real quickly it's a purification rite. And you see this in the Old Testament. There is a really odd moment where I believe it's Moses. Um, he takes a sacrifice of birds and places it. I'm saying you see this as far as culturally you see something similar to this. Um, he takes the birds and places them. And then a flaming pot is what it's called. Comes flying down across the birds okay. over them. Yeah, it just made me think of that. Um, but you have purification through fire, and fire plays a humongous role in this. Mm-hmm. Because if you're a farmer, what's the main thing you're you're looking up to? To you need sunshine. Yeah, you got to have sunshine. Um, in Beltane, there is a stone circle, and on Beltane, the sun reaches the tip top, and there's a little place I think that's carved out on the tip top of the only carved out stone there in the circle. And on Beltane, it rests, the sun rests right on that. And it shows you right where to find the Ark of the Covenant, Yeah, I knew that's what you were going to say, yeah. (laughs) And the music gets big, and Indiana Jones goes, whoa! Yeah. And then he can go to Sola and say, they're digging in the wrong place. Yeah. Um, So that's Beltane. And these are extremely important, and these are things that every quarter people are looking forward to um, because food going into your mouth pretty much rests on these things happening. Sure. You know, this is a, I mean, think about the importance of Walmart. I hate to say that, but the importance of the grocery store to a commoner today, a normal guy or gal today, that's what this is. That They feel that if they don't do these uh, holidays, they're not going to eat. All right. So that was Beltane. The third is Lunasa. It's spelled L-U-G-H-N-A-S-A-D, but it's pronounced Lunasa. And it is between the summer solstice and the autumn equinox. I can feel my wife right now saying, baby, talking too fast. 
So Lunasa is the third, and it's between the summer solstice and the autumn equinox. This is based on their god Lu, L-U-G-H, commemorating the death of his foster mother, Tiltiu. And I know I'm butchering that, but I'm just pronouncing it the way it looks. T-A-I-L-T-I-U. And she died after prepping all the lands of Brega, which is this area, for farming. She got everything ready for farming, and then she passed away of exhaustion. Okay. Brega extends throughout the Boyne Valley, and the Boyne Valley is basically the place where people are going to celebrate these festivals. Um, games are held. Something called trial marriages are started and ended at um, Lunasa. So you can have a trial marriage to see if things are going to work. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> um, you see if things are going to work. You've got 366 days to figure it out. And on the last day, you can say, hey, you know what? This ain't happening. And you can split ways and there's no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Repercussions. And no repercussions. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. Um, lots of games are held. So Lunasa also represents the struggle between Krom Dub, which is a god that guards the grain in the heavens, kind of. Not our world, because if it was in our world, we'd be eating it. So Krom Dub guards the grain, the concept of the harvest. Okay. And Lu wrestles it from him to provide mankind with it. Um, it basically ensures that there will be a final harvest at Sammy. I thought it was really interesting. All right. And people walk around wells and pray for health. That's just something else I saw. So they walk in a certain direction. It says sunward. They walk sunward. So... In this culture, they believe the day starts at midnight. It's, it starts with night. So as soon as the sun sets, the day has started. So I guess they would walk from west to east around the well, maybe. Okay. Um, and pray for healing. All right. So we've got, <laughs> we've covered Imbolc, Beltane, and Lunasa. And we're, I go through all that to set the stage for the fourth one. Um, and as a reminder to the listener that all this is to make sure the world is not thrown into chaos, but that the, the heavenly world, the underworld, Middle Earth, as Hannah pretty well put it, I can't believe I didn't come up with that this week. That was good. <laughs> that all these things are held in, they stay in their lane and they know their role. Okay. That's something here in the West we're pretty unfamiliar with. <laughs> People knowing their role is staying in their lane. Um, but and like spiritually and physically, you know, everything being in its place so that they their sheep can feed their young. I think it's interesting. It starts with mama sheep lactating and it ends with you eating bread after the fourth holiday. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's really orderly. Definitely an agricultural society. Definitely. Yep. Yep. So Samhain is between, S-A-M-H-A-I-N, is between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. This is when that, and I'm going to butcher this too, it's AOS and then SI, AOC, I guess. This is when the spirits walk the earth. Okay, so AOS space SI. I have no yeah, idea. maybe. But this is when the spirits walk the earth because at this point, it's time for the final harvest. And... We all know life does not go as planned. The one thing you do know is that your battle plan will not survive the battle. 
So as a farmer, as a mom, as a dad, as a kid in this culture, you do realize that by the time you get to the dead of winter, I think it's interesting that we use that phrase now mm-hmm. that I've read all this. By the time you get to the dead of winter, you're going to have an aunt and uncle that's probably not living. Um, you may, you're probably going to have less food than you thought you'd have. And you're probably going to have less firewood than you thought you'd have. And it's probably colder than you thought it would be. So life never quite works out the way you think it's going to work out. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the spirit world plays a role in that. And so when life doesn't work out the way it should, you begin to, in this culture, you begin to look to, well, what's wrong either below me or above me. What's something's thrown out of whack, you know? Um, And so for them, this is a time when that final harvest comes in and I bet everybody's on pins, especially dad is on pins and needles about, you know, when, when homeboy over here is weighing it out, Man, I hope it's enough to yeah. get us through. Because if it's not, we somebody's not going to make it this year, mm-hmm. um, and we need to live through the winter. So, in that situation, you begin to look at the veil between earth, between the living and the dead. So it's it's a time of transition. There are all times of transition, but Sawan is the most sensitive time of transition. I wrote this out. I thought it was pretty good, and I've kind of already said it, but. It's when light goes to darkness because the days are shorter. Um, it's when warm goes to cold. It's when rain turns to snow. It's when all the green turns gray. It's when a lot of life goes to death. And it's when thriving, no matter how prepared you are, by January, February, you're surviving. Okay. Yeah, it's when thriving turns into surviving. Um, it's a liminal holiday. I'd never heard that word before. So because chaos, you're on the brink of chaos, you're on the brink of death actually coming in your home and taking somebody during the winter. Um, all the all the lines of society have become perforated, whether it is um, a stream, whether it's a property line, whether it's a grave. You, you definitely avoid all graves at Solwyn. Okay. Um, you... Let's see, property lines. Oh, bridges. So one of the, and I forget what they're called. The significance to crossing water, usually yeah. symbolic of death. Or, yeah, or yeah. crossing. Yeah, you're crossing from like a low death. And yeah, so it's a, tra- a bridge is a transition. Yes. And that made me think of Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Me too. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Because, um, you know, he's got the, the pumpkin and the, yeah. It's just, just all Ichabod has to do is get across that bridge. That's all he's got to do. Yeah, but he shouldn't be there at that time if no. you kind of look at it through these eyes. True. Yeah. Um, now, the reason you're not supposed to be at these places on this night, these two nights, what have you, is because, and I had this backwards, I thought you could see the dead, Mm-mm. but you can see the dead, if you look, if you're at a bridge, or you're at a property line, or you're at a stream, or you're at a grave, if you look closely, or you're on your porch, and you turn your back to your door of your home and look out across your front lawn, um, if you look closely, you can see the dead for the coming year. That's interesting. That's interesting. Aww. But if you look closely to, to try to see if you're one of the dead, guess who you'll see? Yourself. You'll see Don. Oh. Okay. You'll see the one that whose home you have to go through to enter the underworld. Right. That's very interesting. You know what I mean? Hmm. So you can look, but you take the chance 
of running into what Christians call the devil, you know, and, and later it's the devil. So when you have, we'll get into uh, Stingy Jack, but when you, you get into Stingy Jack, who does he bump into? He bumps into Satan, you know. Okay. Yeah. Later, once this is Christianized and it's it's not as important because we're not as pastoral a society, you have mumming, which is the children during the daylight hours go from house to house and ask for food. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that comes from, so also on Sawin, you put out food for your past dead family members because the spirits are loose on the earth and they can come to the home, but you go to bed before they come in to eat. You don't do, want to see them. Okay. Do you know what that reminds me of? Santa Claus? No. <laughs> Leaving and, cookies out for Santa it's Claus? The same, it's the same time period, the same kind of holiday, sort of, just the same time period in Mexico. Oh, yes, Same yes. dead. Yep, yep. Isn't that weird? It's so cool how it's like two separate continents with similar traditions. Very similar. All right, now word about fire. Um, so you have fire at each festival, but Samhain is when you get out the dry pallets and the gas. And okay. you go and you burn everybody's eyebrows off. <laughs> this is when you really get into fire. So um, on October 31st, the final harvest, anything that's left is all brought in. Everything's brought in. Yeah. Um, and while you're doing that, your your hearth. So think of a hive and an individual bees. The hive goes out to harvest. And in their individual honeycombs back home, the hearth is dwindling. And they let it's a one time a year you let the fire die. And the fire at the house goes out. Um now they all go to a hill, and it's called Clockda. It's spelled T-L-A-C-H-T-G-A. Okay. But I think it's called Klockda. Um, You go to this hill at night or evening, and there is a huge wheel that you everybody helps pull this wheel. I don't know if it's with ropes or what, but they pull this wheel, and it's next to a pyre. And through friction, the whole community, everybody pulling, restarts the fire. All right. And then they take torches and stick their, each family sticks their, this reminds me of Christmas Eve in church. Each family sticks their torch in the fire. So the pastor comes over and lights my candle. I light mom's candle. She yeah. lights Aunt Ethel's candle. And then you all go home. And relight your hearth. And relight your hearth. Now, this is weird. And then you, you relight your hearth. You push the plate of food close to the front door. And then you all go to bed with a fire lit. I thought that was a little weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe dad's just kind of keeping one eye open on the fire. You I know? mean, probably, I mean, it wouldn't have been uncommon to keep a fire going at night anyway. Because, I mean, it's, it's how you stay warm. Yeah, yeah. How you stay warm, how you cook. This seems awful dangerous. I mean. Yep. It, you know, I guess common. you build your house out of stone instead yeah, of wood. I mean, but yeah. you do have thatch, like, thatch roof cottages. Yeah. Now, also, fire is so important because Mog Ruith, that's how it's spelled, that's how I'm going to say it, um, Mog Ruith is the sun, and he is weaker now because the days are getting shorter. And the common people are helping Mog Ruith along his way through the sky. And here again, you have the natural order of things is, is on the brink of chaos, and the people, the honeybees, are having to help the whole world keep moving on. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, a little bit about dawn. So it's believed in their lore, in Irish lore, that Milesians invaded the Boyne area 
and Milesians are from the uh, Iberian uh, Peninsula. The Milesians defeat the gods, and it's, I'm just going to say it in English the way it looks, Tuath the Danon. So they defeat these people called the Tuath the Danon, who are their gods. And the Milesians end up taking over Middle, as Hannah put it pretty well, Middle Earth, and the gods take over. They're sent down to the underworld. All right. Now, the Milesians have a mythical ancestor that they call Don, and he takes part in the invasion, but he offends the basically the, the main goddess of Ireland, Aria, E-R-I-A. And... Because he's offended her, he ends up drowning in the sea along with 24 of his sailors. He is buried on an island that you see in Star Wars The Force Awakens. I think that's the name of that movie. Where Luke is and it's so terrible acting and all that and those little weird birds. Um, That's Skellig Island. And that's where they believe Don is. His home is... Bull Rock nearby, and Bull Rock has a giant hole in it that the sea can go through, and they believe that's the spiritual portal in this world um, for the dead to go through in order to get to the underworld. Okay. And all this staying in order happens with Solomon. You're keeping all this going with Solomon. Fun fact, the sorry, I just found this. You're that uh, goddess um, Aria or Ariu is um, where the name ear or eerie comes from which is where we get the name for ireland yep yeah that's kind of it's kind of what i figured when he said that yeah that's cool yeah now there's two hills there's clockda and there's tara and tara also plays um a role in solomon clockda is where they pull the big wheel and create the friction and restart the fire for the year and then you have tara tara is 13 miles away from clockda and so it's a good little trip um, it's where the sun shines through a hole in a tunnel that's been carved through through Tara um, on November 1st and February 1st. So on Samhain and on Imbolc, both those festivals. So two of the festival, of the four festivals, you have the sun go right through the tunnel um, at Tara. Okay. There's over 500 people buried here, and the graves go all the way back to the Neolithic time. Um, and the, the closer you get to now, the the more cremations that they are. And Tara was built between 3300 and 2800 BC. Now, Klokda is where the sun god Mogruith is most celebrated on Samhain. Now, get this. He is a large, blind druid who can become enormous in size. And he lives on Valencia Island in County Kerry, Mm K-E-R-R-Y. He could become enormous in size and he wears a bird mask. Mm Mm-hmm. I did not know any of that. Um, Drives a chariot like Apollo, uh, pulled by an ox, and has an enormous black shield. And his name means slave to the wheel. Okay. Uh, And that's the wheel, I guess, that the sun takes through the sky. Or the wheel of time. or And the wheel of time. Yeah. Yeah. So see how that's all wrapped up. Yeah. Time, the sun, the harvest, all that stuff. Um, So... With the Christianization of it, and um, so Pope Gregory the Fourth, I believe, in the ninth century, here it is. Pope Gregory the Fourth creates All Saints Day in the ninth century around this time period. Okay, around this holiday, and pretty much Christianizes it. You know, and 
if you ask people on November 1st, what is today? Everybody's like, it's the day after Halloween, <laughs> you know? The yeah. day of candy comas and yeah, um, especially if Halloween is in the middle of the week. Really, really fun day at schools. Oh, yeah, right, sugared up. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I put on Facebook today, it's the weekend uh, before we post this, but I found a picture of a hollowed out turnip, like the original jack-o'-lantern. And yeah. I, I stuck that on Facebook and I tagged the podcast. Yep. Um, so I, I wanted to, I've always looked at this as stingy Jack, like a bird, like a bee stings is stingy mm -hmm. Jack. So that's hard for me to say because I've always said it. I never really read the story. Mm -hmm. So, um, and this was printed in a paper, one of those penny papers in like 1852 in England or something. Okay. And like a penny dreadful? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, so Jack was a drunkard. And I'm just saying this so we can talk about the pumpkin for a second. Jack was a drunkard. And the devil had heard about how terrible and bad and conniving Jack was. So the devil left hell to meet him. <laughs> um, in order to meet Jack, he laid down in front of him on the road. And Jack walked up drunk and was scared half to death. Jack knew that he was going to be dragged to hell because he lived such a terrible life. And so he asked for one last drink before he went off to hell. The devil thought, what the heck? Let's do it. So the devil takes him to a pub and he gives him more than just one drink. He has a ton of drinks. And Jack plays a trick on the devil and says, why don't you pay? And the devil, he knew this would throw him because the devil doesn't carry money. Satan's surprised because he carried no money. But Jack says, turn yourself into a silver coin. And then once you pay, just turn yourself back and you can drag me to hell. Satan says, boy, this guy's good. So he does that. Jack grabs the coin. And throws it in his pocket uh, right next to a crucifix. Okay. So the devil can't turn back. This is so crazy. And crucifix is a cross with Christ on it, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Jack then held up his coat and told the coin, once I change you back and pull you out of my pocket and change you back, you got to give me 10 more years on the, on earth. All right. And so he pulls the coin out the, away from the crucifix. The devil pops out and is like, wow, you're good. And he gets 10 more years. Okay. 10 years later, Jack's walking down the same lane, drunk as a skunk, and there's the devil. And Jack says, I'd like to pick one last apple. I think that's really good, because what does the apple symbolize in literature? Sin. Yeah. yeah. Like Robert Frost, I'm tired of apple picking now. Man, that's a good poem. Holy cow. If you look at it that way. Um, he says, pick me one last apple, devil. The devil climbs into a tree, and Jack tosses crucifixes at the base of the tree. Um, surrounds him with crucifixes. This buys him even more time. He said, well, you, you got to give me 10 more years when you, when I pull these up and you come back down. For somebody who's really wasted all the time, he's put a lot of thought into it. He has. So he's obviously sober at some point. All right. Soon later, though, Jack's liver gives up the ghost and then Jack gives up the ghost <laughs> and Jack dies. Peter won't let him in heaven. Now, this is all based on works. We've completely lost the Christian aspect of grace here, but I mean, what are you? I can't preach on this, so whatever. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's about, all works. It's based. about using crucifixes to trap the devil. So right, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but soon Jack dies, and according to the legend, Saint Peter won't let him in. So Satan, when he goes down to hell, Satan looks at him and he says, "Oh heck no, I'm not giving you what you want. You ain't coming in here." Then Satan hands him a hollowed out turnip, sticks a candle in it. And says, knock yourself out. Don't bump your knees and toes while you're wandering around Earth. And you have Stingy Jack. Okay. And once that makes it over here to America, we use pumpkins. 
Yeah. As, and he's known as Jack of the Lantern. Yep. But okay. The Irish guy will say, it's Jack of the Lantern, you know, and it's Jack of Lantern. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the origins of Halloween. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because everything I've ever seen in looking at histories of Halloween and how we celebrate it and all that, it seems like everything I've seen indicates that when it came to America, it becomes a lot more kid friendly. Oh yeah. yeah. There's a lot more candy. Yeah, it's it's about candy and dressing up and trick or treating and all those things. It becomes more it's, it's now it's a party holiday. Yeah. Uh for adults too. It's our biggest but, we spend more on it than any other holiday. But uh really you know, yep. overall in my understanding is in Europe, man, I guess we even still to this day in most European countries, Halloween is still darker. It's oh yeah, still pranks. Christmas and, is too. Yeah, it's still it's still even even though even if, though it's not necessarily tied the, it's not what you just read. It's still darker. It's it's when the teenagers are committing awful pranks and yeah. you know the kind of things that aren't just for laughs and fun like we think of in America. Yeah. Now I remember as a kid we would come home, we'd come home from church in mid to late October. Okay. And my pumpkin would be just smeared all across the road in front of the house. Mm. And eventually we quit putting out pump carving pump because everybody's pumpkin. I mean, the, the road was covered yeah, in gourds. Some, some, yeah. Some teenager came through and, and smashed yeah. every pumpkin in the neighborhood. Yeah. 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 So, and I, so I remember that being a little dark. I was like, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, and I can remember hearing, I can remember laying in bed after trick or treating. And I was very young, but I remember I was scared to death because I could hear voices outside my window. And they were, you know, the teenagers. Yeah. We had tons of kids in the neighborhood. And there were teenagers in our yard plotting something. And, and then they ran off. The teenagers off. who were still out after the kids had stopped. Yeah. Know, went yeah. In. And I was terrified. I was like six probably, you know. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. But uh, I know I couldn't do it justice, but I gave it my best shot. And I think the whole... Uh, See, we don't look at Halloween as going in life from surviving to from thriving to surviving. We don't look at it that way. No. But yeah, for these people, man, you get to the last holiday and it's like, all right, we got to put this in high gear. Yeah, this fire better life. Well, and nowadays you hit November 1st and like the day after Halloween, you've got Christmas commercials on TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Thanksgiving doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, really. Thanksgiving's kind of gone the way of the dodo bird, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, yeah. I think we spend more on this because... At least in my family, Christmas decorations are like archaeological finds. Like, you don't get rid of them. They're precious. Yeah. But at Halloween, people will... I mean, every year they're adding to the... Yeah. The decorations aren't precious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we don't really decorate for Halloween just because October tends to be a really, really busy month for us. Well, I mean... And, I mean, no we don't one, have any trick-or-treaters. No, I was going to say, there's, there's some kids in the neighborhood, but... No one trick or treats in our neighborhood. They go to, they go to the neighborhoods where all the money is. Oh yeah, and the houses, good can. And the houses are closer together. I mean, yeah, that's that's you know, what it's, we did. It's it's a hall, you know, to go between houses where we live. It so. is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a little space there. We know exactly which neighborhoods to hit to get the good candy, and then we'd be done about nine o'clock, and we'd come home. And Mom would order a couple pizzas, and we'd watch a Halloween movie, and yep. go to bed. There you go. Well, there there we are. I know it was a lot, uh, but that's. My version of the origins of Halloween. <laughs> All right. Did we ever come up with a number for the episode 75? 
75. Okay, 75. Okay. Yeah. That's right. We did. We talked right. about that. We did, we did talk about that. All right. That's all I got. All right, folks. Well, uh, we will uh, have more Halloween-related episodes coming up. Yeah. For the month of October. And uh, you can find all of those on your favorite podcast catcher. But uh, you can find us on social media at WMUH Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can email us, WMUHpodcast at gmail.com. Rate, like, and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. See you next week. Later.